Number 24 of the 48 ways is Be'emunas Chachomim. Be'emunas means trusting Chachomim, the wise man. Trusting the wise man, that's what this way is about. Now we have already seen in number 10 of the 48 ways, and that acquisition was Be'shimush Chachomim, serving the wise man. So what is the difference between the two acquisitions of the Kinyon Torah and Yerz Hashem? We'll see important Chilukim and nuances between each one that each one's serving. So, we have a Maimar Chazal. The Gemara says in Brochus, Rabbi Lazar said in the name of Rabbi Hanina, And we say it at the end of Davening as well. Torah scholars increase peace in the world, as it's stated, and all your sons will be disciples of Hashem, and abundant will be the peace of your sons. Do not read your sons, right, Bonaich, but rather your builders, Bonaich. So the Gemara refers to Torah scholars as builders with the depth of their wisdom, the Torah wisdom. They build the world and bring peace to it. So wisdom is mankind's most precious commodity. Wisdom enables you to construct a life built on values and meaning. It gives you access to Torah's indispensable GPS for navigating your way through life's vicissitudes and trickiest journeys. Now with it, you understand how to attain true happiness, self-esteem, how to create and nurture a vibrant, loving marriage, and how to raise resilient, confident children with Jewish values in the tumultuous, confusing world. Now, the pursuit of wisdom cannot be casual. It requires determination and focus, as Shlomo HaMelech said, and Mishlei Perik Beis, Psokim Dalit, hey, if you desire it like money, if you desire it like money and seek it like buried treasures, then you will understand fear of God and godly knowledge you will find. So, seriously seeking wisdom means looking for a Talmud Chacham, which means a Torah scholar who can teach you about the complexities of life, and with whom you can build a close relationship. See, again, number 10 of the 40 ways, Shemesh HaChamim, just serving the wise men, about that aspect, of building that relationship, and what that relationship's about, and that mechanism and dynamics of that insult. So now, being serious about wisdom also entails implementing the wisdom you learn, and appreciating its value. So imagine you receive a stock tip from an acquaintance. Yeah? Buy as you know, S and S today, it's going up at least twenty percent tomorrow. The stock market, right? So the next day you check the market and sure enough, S and S stock went up forty five percent. You kick yourself because you didn't buy it. But you have this person's number and you call him. Do you have any other stock tips? I'd really appreciate anything you can share with me. He says, you know, as a matter of fact I do. BNB is going to have a major rally, but whatever you can buy and go ahead and buy whatever you can today. So this time, you borrow a few thousand dollars and invest, and lo and behold, yeah, the stock goes up 80% over three days. Will you forget the fellow who gave you those, those stock tips? Not a chance, right? Because you appreciate the value of money. You value the person who gave you such beneficial advice. In fact, you are thinking of getting a job you know, in New York City just to, so you can spend more time with him, maybe drive him around to work or whatever it is, right? So treat a wise man with the same level of respect and fidelity. So if he gave you one piece of valuable wisdom, there's a very good chance he has lots more wisdom to share. You have to 
again, you, you have to continue pondering this guy, right? You know, you have struck gold, so go ahead and get it. Now, use your mind. Emunas chacham, again, trusting the wise men does not mean, at any sense, right, to blindly accept whatever they say. Listen carefully to them and consider what they say with humility and honesty because they know far more than you do. But do not accept their word unconditionally. The Torah wants us to think. Believe in the rabbis. Give them the benefit of the doubt or the credit. Yeah, But don't put your mind in deep freeze. Be critical. If you see contradictions, if you have questions, ask. But be sure to give them a fair hearing. Give way to what they say, even if it goes against your views. Now, resolve what you don't understand about what they said, and then live by the wisdom they tell you. Now, here Tashem will discover and explore this idea more later on. We'll see Makoros from the Torah regarding this idea. Now, just move on. That Judaism does not believe that religious leaders are infallible, right? Every human being can make a mistake, even Moshe Rabbeinu, the greatest of the great, made mistakes. Only God is perfect and doesn't make mistakes. Although the sages are not infallible, but they are still the best source of, of truth that we have. They have a far greater understanding of Torah than we do. So listen to what they say the same way you do. You go ahead and listen to a world-renowned doctor who has carefully studied your case and is offering his expert opinion. So when testing Abaye, one of our, the great Amoriyim, Sarabba, which was the Rebbe, the teacher, would often intentionally impart something incorrect or illogical to ensure that his student did not just accept what he was taught without critically examining it. Now, a good Rebbe sharpens his students' wits and checks to see that they're not just mindlessly you know, accepting whatever he taught them, but instead are listening with a critical ear. Now, trusting the wise men. First aspect, using your mind, then we'll open this up more. But trusting the wise men. So once you have found a Rabbi, a Torah scholar you believe possesses deep wisdom and knowledge, what does it mean to believe, quote-unquote, in him? What's it mean to believe in? So let's illustrate this with the following example. Imagine I tell you that you you'll win ten thousand shekels if you go ahead and buy a ten shekel lottery ticket at the lottery stand on Jaffa Street in Jerusalem. Right? So you say tell the guy, right? So he says, Rabbi, you know, I'll go buy one just so I can go ahead and say to you after I lost, yeah, after I lose that so much for your wonderful advice, right? Okay, fine. So you go to the kiosk on Jaffa Street and buy the ticket. The day after the lottery, you look in the newspaper, and sure enough, you have won 10,000 shekels. So he calls up the rabbi to thank him. Yeah, Just before you know, the rabbi says goodbye, he asks, Rabbi, maybe you have another tip? So he says, I'll tell you. You go to Jabotinsky Street in the German colony and find the lottery stand there. Buy a ticket, and you'll win this time 50,000 shekels. So what do you do? You run out and buy a ticket. And the next day, you discover that you've won 50,000 shekels. Amazing. So this time, you come to, to, to the rabbi's office, thank him in person, and you ask, you know, do you have another tip? So, you know, he says, my friend, go to Haifa train station, buy a ticket there, you'll win 200,000 shekels. Are you willing to travel to Haifa? Getting there and back, you know, from Jerusalem is going to take you approximately like five hours. You travel to Haifa, you buy a ticket. The next day, you look up the winning the winning numbers, and you you see that you won only 
50,000 shekels, not the 200,000 he promised. Are you going to come back to him and, and to thank him, or are you going to go ahead and come back to him and say, hey, what, what's going on there, Rabbi, right? So you come, the guy comes the next day, and he says, thanks so much, 50,000 shekels is really great. And you can't resist. You ask if you have any more tips. So now you say, the rabbi says, go to Liverpool, England, for the grand sweepstakes, and you'll win one million pounds. By this point, you are happy to fly to England and make the investment. Based on you know, the rabbi's track record, he's earned your trust. So treat wisdom in the same way. You hear a piece of wisdom from a rabbi, and you put out... You put the wisdom into practice, so even if you do not understand every aspect of it and see if it works, in the end, you benefit tremendously from it. Naturally, you go back to the rabbi for more advice. Right? So the relationship deepens, and as his track record builds, so does your willingness to commit, invest, and trust the wise man's wisdom. You would not be willing to go to England after receiving one valuable piece of wisdom, after making, let's say, the first seven hundred dollars a thousand ten thousand shekel once the trust has been earned based on the rabbi's proven track record your confidence increases as does your readiness to devote more time energy and resources into em implementing his advice so the key is to appreciate the value of the wisdom you're receiving remember it's more precious than silver and gold as we saw from the pasuk and Mishlei. simple understanding over here <clears throat> so just consider how valuable it is to know the secret to happiness, the definition of good, put a price tag to it, you know, the path to, to genuine self-respect. Gauge the impact this wisdom will have on your life and respond accordingly by taking the rabbi's advice and wisdom very seriously. This is what it means to believe the wise man. So this is an introduction to right, these ideas. I'd like to delve into this much deeper. So, first of all, we have to appreciate wisdom is what moves the wheels of this world forward, right? So don't go ahead and just stop. Always take a step forward towards wisdom. So the way to go ahead and acquire wisdom. So again, as we said, there's a lot to learn about life, about Torah, Torah, Avodah, Hashem. Maybe you can learn a lot on your own, but that would be very unwise to do so. Not recommended. Yeah, if you would go, you can learn about physics all your own, but it took mankind, you know, a couple thousand years to get to the knowledge that they have today. So don't just use trial and error, as we mentioned in the past. If you really want to go ahead and acquire wisdom, you can't just wait for it happening. No one says, you know, someone offers you to go ahead and put together a bridge, and your fee is $5 million. That's your fee. But in one condition, you're the only engineer on the job. So when we spoke about serving the wise men, we said, don't just go ahead and obviously no one's going to say, yeah, no problem, I'll put it together. It's like, what do you do? You know nothing about engineering. You'll say, right, give me a year, I'll go to MIT, work very hard, and come back, put the bridge together. But otherwise, there's no chance. You don't say, oh, you know, let's, let's stick a few beams in, right, let's see what happens, right? The workers come the next day and say, you know, okay, boss, what do we do? Yeah, maybe we can fill up the whole place with dirt, right? No, you go ahead and study. So the same thing when it comes to this idea, don't go through life trial and error. Only after you experience three divorces and wasting your life, then you're going to go ahead and, and come and ask for advice. No. 
So if you really want to acquire wisdom, you can't just wait for it happening. You have to go ahead and look proactively and seek it. More wisdom means more life, more pleasure, more meaning. Wisdom is the greatest value, the most valuable thing that we have there, as we mentioned with the Pasuk, the ultimate pleasure, the ultimate reality. Now let's define wisdom. So, the definition for wisdom is to recognize reality of life and recognize the reality of life's values. Recognize the reality of life values. That's what the definition of wisdom is. Someone will say, hey, what about physics? What about chemistry? That's not wisdom. That's not living. You know, when a person, you know, he has shelter, he has food, up until that, you know, that's what all of this, that's physicality. That's plumbing. You have physics, you have chemistry, you have plumbing. And then you have living. What's life about? That's when you're right to ask yourself that question. So you're satisfied physically. Very nice. But you have to take it to the next step. So that's not wisdom. That is information. That's knowledge. That's not wisdom. What's the class for wisdom? You look it up in the telephone book, telephone directory, look up, you know, yellow, yellow pages, business, I would suggest yeshivas. We're the last school of wisdom, not techniques. Yeah, you have yoga, you have this, now you, you find, you think you find a guru, a good guru for yourself? Well, see how you can check them out. As you mentioned a little bit in the past. So, now, first of all, people think, they have the tendency to think that there's nothing else to learn outside the walls on the country of the base Medrash. People, you know, we ask ourselves, what is already, you know, the, the, the standard Jew on the street? No. That is a very destructive and incorrect view. Why? Because it prevents us to learn so many, from so many different aspects and details of which are around us. You know, you're sitting in a class, and you're, and you're bored stiff, right? You said the, the guy has nothing to offer. He's not saying silly things, but you know it's not. None of this is new new to you. Maybe you can go ahead and and just pause for a minute. You know you're forced to sit down in the class. What can you go ahead and and gain from this experience, right? God put you there, but what could you gain? So how does the crowd respond? You can learn about human psychology. You can learn about, you know, how to deliver. You know what are the weaknesses? What are the strengths of the speaker? How is he bringing them in? What mistakes can you learn from? The delivery, just the way that he phrases certain ideas can give you a larger view. And your capacity is growing in terms of understanding, perception, phraseology, that itself. And there's so much to learn just what's going around. So just looking around, you'll see a tremendous amount of wisdom and that one can attain. So the simple fact is that, you know, this person, you know, maybe learned it even in a yeshiva, and is quite successful in terms of overcoming the difficulties of life and their nacionos that shows that he really compiled together a big you know a big list and many techniques um, which are valuable learn from him did you ever go ahead and meet someone which you know is excited from every single thing that that every piece of wisdom every sentence which is told to him doesn't matter who he's talking to he has such a rich life he includes within him so many pieces of wisdom from so many different, such a vast range of people, right? As Chazal say, "Novus Parikdal Mishnah, if Ezu Chacham, who is the wise, Halomin Mikol Adam, one who learns from everyone." So, on the other hand, the contrary, um, getting you know hadracha and guidance from the wrong people can be certainly destructive. So, how many you know 
investigation, the person goes ahead and really checks out before you go ahead and invest your money in foreign hands. It's not, isn't it even more important to be very, very careful, extremely careful before you get a ATSA advice how to go ahead and to invest your entire life or something that will affect that? Certainly. And that's why Chazal tell us Masachas Montkotan Daf Yitzayin and Aleph. Amar Lehachi, Amar Rabbi Yochanan. My dechsev. What? What's? What does the pasuk mean? Kisiv Seiko and Yishmeru Das V'Sorry Yivakshim Mipiul Kimalach Hashem Tzvakosu Im Dome Harav L'Malach Hashem. If the Rebbe is Dome to the Malach Hashem, we have to see what that means. As Manenu Yivakshu Torah Mipiv, they should go ahead and ask him. Right? They want to. They should study Torah by him. Vakish Torah from his mouth. Im Lav Al Yivakshu Torah Mipiv. And Ein Sham Kolosug and the Rambam Masos and Alocha that it's also to learn from a Rebbe which is a Rav Sheino Hagan, an inadequate Rebbe, not like the Naskana of the Gemara Mount Katan, like the Sugya and Makos Tafiram and Aleph Mikan that we learn from here that a, um, a person should learn from a Rebbe Sheino Hagan. Now there are many people of wisdom in the world. Go ahead and learn from them. Now, as we said, checking out pieces of wisdom to take wisdom seriously means. It means to understand how every single piece of wisdom affects your life, your decision-making process, your values, your set of <clears throat> core beliefs, ways of analysis, right? So people, you know, go ahead and mistakenly they wait for, you know, tremendous events like, you know, having an earthquake or something that will, you know, cause the waiting for that, that waiting for the happening that will cause that, that change in the life and perspective. Anything else is just condorized like something usual, ordinary, and it's understood. Just that's what happens, and they don't take it with the right perspective. I'm serious about it. So you don't have to wait for you know for that unbelievable revelation that because of that ideal you'll go ahead and change your life from from one end to another. Even again, sm collecting small pieces of wisdom, and not as not as fluffy and glowing, can that. Well, that's exactly what causes this beautiful mahalach of growth. And we have to remember that the greatest, the tallest building in the world is built from very small particles, which are not, each one separately, are not very impressive. But whenever you hear Advar Chochmah, think about it. Try and go ahead and understand the fundamentals that it's based on and to go ahead and apply it halach lamaisa practically in your life. Now this is a tremendous idea, which is you hear a piece of wisdom, you know, for example, a person says there's a tremendous important not to go ahead and engage in a certain activity against the Torah, certain challenges, right, we can call them the Yetzirah, those inclinations and so on. If a person says, okay, I just have to stay away from that, he loses tremendously on integral parts of Avodah Hashem and is in his own perspective of understanding. Since he says, okay, wait, why do I have this specific inclination? What's it serving for? Understanding the fundamentals and see what the Torah has to say about it. What do the Chazal have to say? What do Rabbeim have to say about it? And then we can go in and apply these understandings to day-to-day -day living, to our perspective, which creates our reality. As we define wisdom, right? Realizing and recognizing the reality of life values. That's what this means. And so again, you should go go ahead and interact also when you hear something of wisdom which doesn't seem, doesn't make sense. Don't throw it aside so quickly. Maybe there's something deeper that you didn't understand. Don't obviously accept everything blindly. Go ahead, but check it out with dignity and kavod 
and to see what was the source for that piece of wisdom. If it's you know, coming from some which a wise man and he has experience of life, so Mistama he has there's truth in his words. Allah's come become when he's bringing a source. Now in addition to that when you hear which seems right, makes sense. Don't go ahead and just satisfy with that. Go ahead and search for more. As we brought with the the mushal, someone goes ahead and gives you the right the the tips regarding the stock market. So now, go ahead and find the source of wisdom. The first step that we have to go ahead and take when it comes to achieving wisdom is the decision that what you're looking for in life is the truth, and you're not going to go ahead and settle for anything less than that. Now you can go ahead and start searching for it because it's not you're not going to compromise on the way in terms and compromise in terms of your level of understanding and you know what you can attain so begin with a simple exercise ask yourself what would i want to know if i met a wise man or if you met the greatest man in history what would you want to know so that means hey i have to make a list get it you know in sync with who i am so make a list of questions which deal with you know the essence of life and stop any question that you're struggling with. Now go ahead and you know search for people that can go ahead and give you answers. Now, it's a shame that you have specialists when it comes to when it comes to the medical field. You have specialists when it comes to the chachma of Torah, the chachma of serving Hashem, spiritual avodah. Question is, who are they? Where can I find them? Now, when you go ahead and it's true, you have a shefa. Many, many, we have many intelligent people, but wise people, wise men, it's very difficult to find. The real wise men. Now, the real wise men, as we said, it's not biology, it's not chemistry, it's not plumbing, it's physicality. And certainly, you know, one can say, hey, but don't you need these basic ideas to go ahead and understand, you know, the meaning of behind these things? So, yeah, there's certain aspects always, you know, not only understanding the anatomy of human being, but the forest trees and so on yeah they're all aspects and reflect back on wisdom but just because you understand the circulation of the bloodstream it doesn't doesn't mean you understand living right now go ahead and look for people the real anche chachma which are those are the ones which are all sake and deal with the, the sugyas of spirituality the deep sugyas of life the meaning of behind living the purpose of living man's potential to elevate and to grow they're always involved with studying wisdom and they live in the reality of the wisdom of their studies now point out you know as we said you have to be a wise customer as important it is to go ahead and study wisdom it's very careful to go ahead and be careful right let's say you're in a foreign country no friends no family and you become ill and something very urgent so you're gonna really go ahead and look very very carefully for the best doctor around which he has you know his evidence and so on it's clear that um, he's a successful doctor now your physical welfare is in danger so you have to go ahead the same again you're not gonna go ahead and just uh, walk in there the middle of who knows Indonesia and uh, Dr. Jolly Moly, right? And saying, Yeah, I'm a graduate of Harvard Law School. Yeah, yeah. So you see, you look on the wall, you see, Oh, Harvard. So you feel, you know, I'm in good hands. Harvard uh, Medical School, I'm sorry. That would also be scary. Um, right, so so then you see that it was a reproduction of original, original thing. So then. You know, you're a little wary, but you, you know, you have not that you have nothing to lose, but you have a lot to lose. But you have to be very careful. So, you ask him some basic questions to see if he knows what he's talking about. So you say, you know, 
Can you please describe to me the circulation of the bloodstream? Uh, so he says, you know, there's like a pump over here. And you say, Koltov, thank you very much, Doc. Right? And you leave. So you see what's going on. You can test them out. So how could you go ahead and check when, again, when it comes to the measurement that we have to take and the precautions when it comes to choosing the person that we're going to go ahead and put our emotional and spiritual health in his hands? How could we go ahead and really judge if this wise man is really giving real chachmah or just empty recipes that we know where? So here's a few checked ways to go ahead to discover if we can go ahead and trust that person or not. So number one, A, is go ahead and check him out. Right, with a few definitions and a few ideas, concepts that you're sure about. Let's say you're convinced that the definition for happiness is to appreciate what you have. Now ask this wise man, right? You know, what does a person have to do in order to be happy? If he answers his boniness, right, going ahead and contemplation or whatever it is, something that doesn't really answer your question, ask him what's the definition for happiness. So if he can't go ahead and explain it to you, you know, in a clear and satisfying way, so that means that it's, he's not the wise man you're looking for. Yeah, if you find you find the contrary, you find the guru which gives you a definition. Okay, so you found the wise man for yourself. So go ahead. Now, number two is that you know have to check out to see if his insights and answers enrich his own life and the lives of others. Ask other people regarding his regarding their experience with him over you know long periods of time. Number three is go ahead and see, does he, right? Does he teach? What he does? Does he go ahead and act based on what he what he preaches? Right? Does he do what he preaches? Number four is your rebbe allow? Is he willing to hear other opinions which, which are not based on his mahalachas kav, or he's just you know brainwashing you with his own and feeding you and stuffing your mouth with his own opinions, which is a brainwashing. A rabbi, a good rabbi, gives us talmidim, right? A space to go ahead and discuss, engage in conversation. And he, not only that, he also directs them how to go ahead and develop their sense of perception and criticism, obviously in a positive way. Now, one of the that's one of the Jewish ways of teaching that midei pam, right? From time to time, the malabim, as we said, they they would teach something which is logically incorrect in order to sharpen the awareness of the talmidim. They want to check if the tal, right talmidim are accepting everything that they're being told or that they're really listening. And oivavoy, if you would say, oh, so therefore we have to conclude. And the head which would go down and say, yeah, he would yeah chuck him into the lake, right? So that that's this idea, really observing what's going on now. Very important. One can say, I asked my rabbi, I asked my guru, I asked this wise man, I asked that one, about a certain idea. And he didn't give it to me. Now, obviously, if you have a very, very successful eye doctor, he's an expert, and he knows the eye inside out, it doesn't mean that, you know, occasionally could be, there's a possibility that you'll find someone, which is the expert in a certain area, and he could be, he forgot a certain basic procedure in bone setting, Right? So it doesn't mean that he doesn't have experience in this. So you know, there is a concept of you know different fields and so on. So he's able to give you insight regarding happiness, regarding definition for love, he gave you definition for good. It doesn't mean that you know the the mahalach and the structure of, of a marriage, of a relationship. It doesn't necessarily mean that he'll know every single aspect out there of living. 
It could be that's not his expertise. But if it makes sense, you check him out. Okay, so very good. But certainly a wise man, or the real wise man, has, has it all. To a large extent, at least. Now, as we mentioned, Yediyah versus Emuna. Knowledge versus belief. So how does a person know if his whole system, his ideological system, is based on right, solid facts and evidence, or just on belief? So let's go ahead and define our terms. What is belief? Or, so if you take a look in the dictionary, you'll see it's right a feeling or acceptance with, with no evidence. What's knowledge? Truth, ideas, or fundamentals which are accepted through checking out the facts. So blind faith, a leap of faith, is usually um, a product of desires. Right? Did you ever go ahead and get a suggestion in, in the stock market how to go ahead and really triple your, your income in one month? Yeah, it's difficult to turn down such an offer because we all, we all dream of making quick money. So many people, which can be, you know, can be smart intellectuals, which they have a good sense of logic, they felt they fell to these ideas, right? Instead, instead of you know stopping and really weighing it out, they decide to go with their emotions. So therefore, yedia knowledge yeda is based on the facts. We all know that there's a place called China because on many you know many products that we have, it says made in China. There's so many so many pieces of information that are around which prove the existence of China that we believe it, even though that we never seen it, we never were there. Dino, in other words, sight is only one way to come to, to knowledge. That's only one aspect of our perception, a very powerful one, but certainly that is so. Very simple point. Now, there are many other ways to check out and to collect information and evidence and to come to a conclusion. So which one between these two ideas as, right, as, as the way you see it, are the basis for Jewish belief. Emuna, belief, or knowledge? Now, there are really four steps. You have knowledge, emuna, belief. You have socialization, something that society has accepted to be true. And then you have blind faith, right? Emuna tfeila, which is just our desires. We want to believe that. So, number one, Judaism teaches us that the basic recognition recognition of, of our Yiddishkeit has to be knowledge and not just emuna. The first Debra of the Sarah Sadebro says, Anochi Hashem Lokecha, and Chazal say, Teidu v'tamino sheisha loka, you should know that I am God. You should first know Teidu v'tamino and believe that there is a God that created the world. Let's take a look at the Ram, the beginning of Hechaz Sodei HaTorah, Perak Aleph. Another place, the Pesach says, Dvarim Dalad Lamentes, V'yadata hayom, you shall know today, V'ashavosol Levechli, you shall turn to your heart, Ki Hashem Ulochim, that Hashem is the God, right? He's the only one. That one is. Now, the first Sivuit, the commandment, is to know. You first have to go ahead and check it out, and only then to believe. Just a belief, or an assumption, or some hope for the existence of a God without knowledge before is not the right way. Yet, let's say, to bring this out, to illustrate, you go ahead and take your car right to the mechanic. So after an hour, the mechanic comes back and says, you have to change a carburetor, which costs you, you know, 500 bucks, not including the work. No, you're little, you know, it's not your nature. You don't really ask so much, but you ask him, you know, how did you come to, to this conclusion? He says, very simple. I turned on the motor, I put my, my hands on the car, and I have a feeling that you have to change a carburetor. No one's going to, no normal person will waste 
$500 because some right, mechanic, he had a feeling that that's what has to be done. Right? We want facts. That's the only intellectual way, only normal way to come to decisions. Isn't that you know simple and obvious that we have to use our heads in order to come to very important decisions in life? All the four, the 48 ways are telling us, listen to the Chachamim, but listen to the wise men, but don't just accept it blindly. Right? Be critical. If you see contradictions, obviously be intellectually honest, ask, but together with that, go ahead and focus in, and obviously with respect to what he's saying, because B'dar Chali has correct answers which are true, and even if not, he made a mistake, he'll go ahead and he'll be moda. He'll admit that he made a mistake. So go ahead and clarify what you don't understand and then live based on the wisdom that you've learned, that you've checked out. Not by trial and error as well. Now, a hidden source are parents. So people go ahead and assume, you know, people which are not known as big Torah scholars are not wise. But the truth is that every Jew, whoever has attained experience of life, contains within him a very rich source of wisdom. Take your parents, for example. Even if they can't teach you a, a, teach you a Rashba, Ketsois, or a Taisvis, they know a lot about life. They can teach you about marriage, right? They can teach you about raising children. They can teach you with so many different aspects of life. Now, fashion, technology are things that change constantly and change all the time. Although, the basic and deep fundamentals of life, of living, right, as we said, not of plumbing, not of the physical aspect, but the point that begins beyond that wisdom that doesn't change what creates a successful marriage what how can you go ahead and raise happy children to give them to give over right values good middles which which goals are important which ones are not what is worthwhile to go ahead and invest time and money on so you'll be surprised that you'll see how much your parent knows and how much your parents know on things that you're going through now and you're confronting at this very moment. Not only that you go ahead and attain wisdom from the questions that you ask your parents, but you'll get a, a, a kesher netzchi, an eternal bond with your parents. Appreciation, a connection that you'll go ahead and appreciate many, many years, even after they're, they're going to leave this world. And you'll give them tremendous nachas in their lifetime as well. Now, just to conclude, the wisdom of God and Chazal. So Hashem... Mafkid his messer and his teachings in the in the hands of the Chachmia Doros. Chachmia Talmud, the Torah scholars of right Chazal, were on a completely different level from anything that we, we can imagine. There were holy people that were in constant connection and constant relationship with the spiritual spheres with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. so the Torah wants us to go ahead and believe and to accept what the wise people, wise men have to tell us what they have to teach us as the Pesach says you should not stray from the way what they tell you from right to left because they're the best source for truth they understand the world of God but together with that as we have a Chiyav first Yediyah first knowledge together with that don't just put your mind into deep freeze learn and study what they say don't accept but study what they say so just one point I want to mention a little bit with regarding the question that we had this past week you know to summarize why is it that I need Torah to go ahead and teach me basic ideas when, when it comes to morals okay so the halachic aspect I can understand the mysticism I can understand 
But when it comes to basic morals and ethics, why do I need the Torah and Chazal to go ahead and extract these insights and to tell me about this, right? For example, a, a Rebbe, which is not being Mazber Panim to his Talmud, Yimaritsa Talmud Shilimude Koshal of Kabarzel, Enayla Bishwala Rabbi Shinim Mazbilay Panim. See a Talmud which is not successful in his learning is because his Rabbi is not Mazber Panim, not showing him and that respect and that care and and the right value for who he is and we and again we find this kind of psychology take a look at dr bruce perry again terry tells us before him but instead of investing hundreds of millions of dollars billions of dollars in the educational system for kids which are struggling with right with their studies and so on and put in that money to go put it in in two areas number one teach young couples to have peace in the home shalom bayis and to give relationship to our youth so so we see this idea that the struggle again and scientifically basically the way it works is that you know young children are scared of new things right so they always want the same book so the idea is when there's stress in the home so and he was experiencing unpredictable relationships so his cortex which is where we go ahead and store the new information we access that Right, he's he's afraid to go there. So Mimela, it's hard for him to take in new information. Once he gets healthy, gets relationship, right, authentic, sincere relationship, consistent relationship. So then he becomes healthy. So, but and many many other examples throughout Torah, right, from Parshas Korach coming up. That says Veishlach Moshe. Moshe went to send to call Dosan Vaviram. So Mikan, a person Rashi brings Chazal that one should always try and resolve machlokes. So, but many basic concepts. Now, there's two, two questions. Number one, if that is you know the entirety and that's the complete depth of the Torah's concepts, so why do I need God to teach me that? Certainly, there are many other things that I need Torah to know and the infinite wisdom of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And again, Torah was given to us to analyze with our minds, and obviously that's why there's infinite levels because it's the wisdom of Hashem, the none that we can comprehend to. So the question is, if within the you know within human psyche and within philosophical and psychological literature there's so much that can be found today and to us at least it's more articulate and clear so why do we need the Torah to go ahead and delve in to this Nikuda and to teach us about these ideas which we know innately as well that's the second point we a lot of these understandings we have innately so why do we need Torah to go ahead and teach us these ideas and if, is that is that also when Chazal do speak out a concept right is that where we learn the you know the the full depth of this idea, and that's that's it. We find the Chazal Ilmoli Nisna Tari Yisrael. Tari was not given to to Klal Yisrael, so we would learn that this midah from this specific animal, and that midah from that animal. Sniyos Mechato. We learn Sniyos from a cat, and so on. Now the question that that Maimar Chazal needs explanation, right, independently, but just to speak out this idea for a moment. So there's many different ways one can approach this question, but just to go with a few things that we've discussed, right, in this Kinnan Torah. Trial and error, that's one appreciation. When it comes to, you know, ethics and morals, you know, people often say, we taught morality to the world, which is, again, which is, a, you know, a lot of a lot of exaggeration in that sense. Um, we don't feel it's true. We had great people, right, great philosophers, let's say Aristotle, as the Raman writes, he was a step below Navua, but he didn't attain it because... And one of the reasons why one wanted to go ahead and refute the rios and the evidence for God's existence and, you know, there's a sense of morality is 
because one has to subjugate his path of life and so on, his desires, which obviously ultimately are, can be used for that. Now, I just want to picture something. If you had infinite possibilities, right, and concepts, could you tailor-make a specific fitting idea, a specific path to achieve a certain goal? Assuming that there's a God, right, and there's purpose to living, there's meaning to life, there's the definition for happiness, for joy, for love, what a relationship is supposed to be, what the structure, the dynamics of a healthy relationship, which is leading someplace, it's not just there for desire, whatever it may be. If you have infinite possibilities, and each human being on this world obviously has different perceptions, different understandings regarding different ideas, many of them can be similar, some of them can be mamish the same, but many can be apart, depends on your society, your culture, and things that you've taken in from that culture. So the chances are that you'll lead a life without Torah to connect to that God. And if all he said in the Torah, you know, just connect to me, but he wouldn't teach you through the Torah how to connect, and he wouldn't give you ideas which ones are right, which ones are wrong, to go ahead and connect to that. We obviously have to invest the work. The chances are that you'll get there are very, very low, probably zero. So first of all, the first soul that we know them innately, that was a matnas Hashem. Hashem Himself has put within us that, again, what the angel taught you, that series of shiurim, what Hashem taught us, and that we have the, the filtrum on right beneath our nose, and the Malach came and smacked us before we came to this world. What's the point of teaching all of Torah and then forgetting right before we come to this world? It's the process of right remembering. It's that's, that's the concept of something resonates within you. You had appreciation of it. It was innate. It wasn't brought out. It wasn't This whole world is bringing something out from the potential to the actual. There's a lot to discuss about this topic. We discussed this also in the Shabbos here regarding the concept of Shabbos, of the renewal of the world. If any basis of the world is it goes back to its original source, you burn right artificial wood, it turns back into whatever it was originally before. When one goes ahead and you know the entire world, if you, take, you break it down to its core existence it's yisod that yisod of what it is so the only reality that you'll have is god so when hashem implants that within ourselves this knowledge and understanding were created so we have that understanding within ourselves i mean maybe that's the first part so that's regarding we have you know the feeling that we have innately that we connect we have a sense of the right thing this process of connecting remembering and understanding and seeing different perspectives and bring all the perspectives together to see what we can cultivate within Avodah Hashem. It's very important to check out you know, which one, which fork in the road, and which one's going to take you where, because you can end up in very different places, as as in, as great as intellectual one can be. You don't have an objective source, and this is the other point I want to make, to guide you which one is the right way, because, there again, everything in this world, society and so on, is all subjective. Perception. Perception is how we perceive reality. Objective reality, you have to have something beyond subjectivity or perception to go ahead and determine that, which can only come from an external source, which is not based on our perception, which is Torah, right? The blueprint of creation, God creating the world. So that has to be the very basis for this idea. Definition for good. How could you define what's good? You know, you can people can argue it all day long. You can say, you know, I'm dying for a cause. How do you know if it's the right cause? How could you determine what is the right cause? And so on and so forth. So this, basically, based on this principle, again, I'm not going to details, I'm go ahead and understand the, that question that we mentioned, the Chabura. So, as one Chabura also mentioned this point, that Torah is also about creating a relationship. Definition of what right and wrong is, are you drawing closer to God? Are you drawing closer to reality as we said wisdom is not just perception psychology philosophy how we relate to ideas 
Wisdom is deeper and profound, as we defined, and we'll say it again. Definition for wisdom is to recognize reality of life values. A person can be as philosophical and psychological as one may be. It can be an Aristotle and it can be a Freud, but at the end of the day, they didn't make it. The goal is, what are you doing with these understandings? How can you develop a relationship to see where God wants you with His objective, right, infinite wisdom and to delve within the ideas and little parts which have been revealed from Chazah, from certain lessons that we can see from the Torah, and obviously there's more and more levels, but just drawing out the basic morals and ethics that we can see from the Torah, defining what's right and wrong, and having that appreciation for what is going on. And the Torah is not only about just the understanding of, you know, how does this relate to me, perception, how can I incorporate this ideal into my life, it's... It's taking to the next step. Is okay, fine, I have this. But now I'm developing a relationship towards God with his understandings because this is the Raton Hashem, this and not that. And there's many subtleties and understandings that to transform who we are. That's another idea. That Akash Baruch wants to transform, transform who we are in order to be ready for that relationship, connecting with the ultimate reality. So these are just a few principles. I'm not going to Baruchs, but I think, and I like again using as Chazal teach us, I say, the should be in principles, not proton, not details, because Torah. Number one, even if you can know all the details, you won't have it. You don't know where it fits, and then this idea, you don't know where it fits in the relationship. Okay, so you have this concept, codependency. You have this idea of joy, of happiness, of visualization, anthropomorphism. So you have so many different ideas, psychology and philosophy. But you have to know where it fits, and when you have the call, you know where everything fits. If you have the call and the guidance of the Torah and the principles, so then you can also lock in many of these details to see is it part of the game of Avodah Hashem or not, with getting through Masorah, through Chazal, through Rebbe, and so on. So we just mamish end off. So six points to summarize. Number one, one should go ahead and despise ignorance, go ahead and search for wisdom. Number two, everyone learns from right experience from mistakes but this the wise way is not to go ahead and build right the bridge after you know throwing uh, trying throwing in an experiment right you learn you go to MIT you study hard so there when it comes to wisdom wisdom defining again the reality and values for living to so learn from the Torah learn from the wise men and check him out number three is ask yourself what is something you know which can be meaningful for me that this person may know from his from his experience from his understanding and so on from him learning number four it's appreciating wisdom, its mashmos, its meaning is in a serious way, really focusing in and putting in the effort, real effort, in order to achieve it. That's what it means. Not just I'm acquiring it, you know, nice stimulation, but you're going to transform yourself, transcend who you are. Number five, and making yourself a godly person. Now, before you know something, you have to know what you're living for. Because otherwise, it's not part of this building. It doesn't lead anywhere. It's just perception. Wise people know. The real wise men listen to them. Number six is listening to people is and to wise men and learn from everyone, but especially wise men that are osek in the, in the meaning of existence, what life's about, is a good way in terms of practicing listening to Hashem of, because we're trying to transform ourselves. We're trying to build something, to create something. So as an assignment... Say two points, you know, ask yourself, what would I want to know if I found a wise person? I compile a list of compelling questions that you need to answer, you need answers to, including any personal dilemmas you may be struggling with. Now start looking for people who can give you the answers. And you find one, go back for more. And if not, they'll give you a referral to the other doctor. Right? He doesn't have the experience in bone setting, so I'll refer you, but go ahead and 
seek, be proactive. Number two, someone who's a Baishan cannot learn because he's not going to seek wisdom. He has to be, right, appearing and he has to be present, and perceptive. We have to train ourselves to be worldly people in this sense. Number two, ask your friends for a good piece of advice, a good piece of wisdom. Sorry, a good piece of wisdom. Yeah, picked up along the way. You know, you learned something in the past 18, 20 years, 50 years, 90 years, right? And from who they learned it, and to see if you can get hold of that source, and to see if there's more more to it, you can go ahead and really investigate. Adkan, so Amir Tashem, we shall be Zoha to make the right choices and appreciate what we have. Adkan, thank you very, very much. Hatzlacha Rabba.